You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome to the Health Hub on Radio Maria Canada, exploring cutting-edge health and wellness information and therapies, helping you to take your health to the next level. I'm your host, Kathy Biasse, and I am a holistic nutritionist and a professional cancer coach. Our show this week focuses on men's health, an area of care that I feel is greatly underserved. And to help us bring awareness to men's health, I have invited Dr. Tracy Gappin to our show. Dr. Gappin is board certified by the American Board of Urology and is a fellow of the American College of Surgeons. He is a leading Gainswave provider. Dr. Gappin founded Sarasota Prostate Care in 2014 to provide MRI-targeted fusion biopsy and HIFU for prostate cancer patients. In 2017, Dr. Gappin founded Smart Men's Health, focused on optimizing male performance. He offers a personalized path to helping men maximize sexual health, testosterone levels, and prostate health. Dr. Gappin is also the author of Male 2.0, Cracking the Code to Limitless Health and Vitality. I really learned a lot in my conversation today with Dr. Gappin. Things we talked about are um, key functions of testosterone, why testosterone levels are falling so dramatically year over year, how novel therapies like Gainswave treatment and peptide therapy are being used to improve men's health. Very interesting conversation. I do hope you stay tuned with us. We'll be back in just a few minutes to talk with Dr. Gappin. You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. Today's show has been taped, so no opportunity for calling in. Please do follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at The Health Hub RMC on all three locations. We keep you up to date with upcoming shows, past guests, what they're doing. So do follow us and uh, share all the wonderful things that our guests have to offer Dr. Gappin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. I'm glad to be here with you today. It's um, it's an interesting topic that uh, we're going to broach today. But first off, tell us how you got into this world. You were an MD, correct? And yeah, yeah. Thanks. I I like to jokingly say I am a recovering urologist. <laughs> <laughs> After uh, 20 plus years in urology, um, I moved on to bigger things to have a bigger impact. Um, I I became very disillusioned with traditional medicine uh, about halfway through my practice or so. And uh, when I dealt with health issues myself, I realized that we were we're really ill-equipped to to handle anything that does not have an ICD-10 diagnosis code attached to it. 
And our healthcare system is really built around treating disease, treating symptoms, and, uh, and not really focused on optimization. And so when I had my own health issues that got me uh, searching down rabbit holes, learning about things like epigenetics and uh, true hormone optimization and uh, functional medicine, regenerative medicine, uh, peptides, longevity, all this fun stuff that I, I realized uh, when you put all these pieces together can have a real transformative effect on health. And so long story short, I found my passion and purpose around um, this area of health and, um, and uh, wellness. And I stepped away from traditional medicine last year and I launched the Gapping Institute for High Performance Health, where we focus on health optimization and human performance and longevity. And I tell you what, I love what I do. Mm, I bet you do. Now, okay, so background is urology. You dealt a lot with the prostate. Obviously, you worked with men. Is your new practice solely a male-based practice? Great question. Uh, Short answer, no. A longer answer is my passion and focus has always been men's health. And that's, you know, that's where I started. And um, as a dad, as a man, that's really my personal, um, you know, bias. However, I do have a very large team now and we're growing rapidly. And um, I do have medical uh, experts around women's health as well. So we probably see more women than men now, uh, specifically focused on uh, hormones and um, um, aesthetics and really every aspect aspect of women's health. Do you feel that the male population is underserved in the health space? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad you bring this up. I talk about this uh, concept of a-, a testosterone pandemic that does not get the attention it deserves. What I mean by that is we have seen in several longitudinal studies here in the U.S. and Europe that testosterone levels worldwide are plummeting to the tune of about 45% decline in free testosterone over the past 20 years, and it continues to decline every year. So to put that into perspective, think of a 50-year-old guy today. He has free testosterone levels that are about half of what a 50-year-old guy had 20 years ago. And this is not just about sex or building muscle. This is about cognitive function and cardiovascular health and uh, metabolic health and longevity and, you know, really a a man's uh, overall health. And so I'm trying to raise awareness to the fact that we got to get men to start paying attention to their health. Well, you know, and therein lies, I think, a stereotype that doesn't serve men well. We're talking about testosterone and I think the automatic um path that people go down are the muscles, the looks. But I think it's important that you you let us know, you touched upon it, but all the other areas um, that testosterone impacts the body, its relationship to estrogen, um, how that may impact fertility, all of these things I think are important pieces that we should touch upon, especially the fertility piece. But Give us a rundown of the the main things that testosterone touches on that a lot of us may not know about. Sure. Yeah. So testosterone is a vitally important hormone that is uh, intrinsically involved 
involved in so many pathways that we, we kind of take for granted. So we look at cognitive function. It's intimately tied with um, memory, with concentration, with uh, cognitive ability. And so often I'll see executives uh, who come into my practice and they're struggling with brain fog where, you know, they can't focus or they're not performing at work like they used to. Um, can't make decisions on the fly. Give you a great example. Um, I have a, a race car driver client who came in and and his he said his reaction time was slow. He had some gut issues, which we could talk about was involved as well, but also some hormone problems. So definitely cognitive function. Um, testosterone is important when it comes to energy, when it comes to metabolism. Um, it's important when it comes to metabolic health. It's actually related to insulin sensitivity. Um, it, it provides us ability to burn fat, you know, guys who are, have hypogonadism or, you know, deficient testosterone levels, they have a hard time burning visceral fat, you know, especially that belly fat, uh, that's so often a problem for men. Um, it's intimately tied to, to muscle development. And, um, so many men, um, have sarcopenia or, you know, lack of, of, of decent muscle mass, um, in part because of poor lifestyle, but also because of, uh, low testosterone levels. Testosterone is intimately tied to cardiovascular health. So this is a little counterintuitive and um, controversial to some, but there are dozens of studies, published studies that clearly demonstrate that low testosterone levels are associated with about a 30% increased risk in a major adverse cardiac event. Again, low testosterone, clear association with um, 30% increase in, in major adverse cardiac event. So we know that it's important when it comes to vascular health, when it comes to cardiovascular health. And there are studies related to longevity as well, that men who have uh, higher testosterone levels clearly live longer. Um, one last thing I'll point on is uh, prostate cancer. There, there's been a correlation or you know discussion of, of how it relates to prostate cancer. We now understand very clearly that testosterone does not cause prostate cancer. Testosterone does not promote prostate cancer growth. Now, in some situations, men with advanced prostate cancer, we will treat with castration. You know, we'll turn off testosterone for very advanced prostate cancers. But that does not mean that men who uh, don't have prostate cancer, that higher levels are in any way a risk or a harm when it comes to prostate cancer. Are we talking, when we talk about, so we talk about female hormones, I think that's a, I think it is more discussed, estrogen balance, mm-hmm. balance of testosterone and estrogen. Yeah. When you're talking about testosterone in this space, are you talking clearly on the men's side? Because it sounds so similar the way we talk with women when it comes to estrogen. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I, I talk about this, this symphony that we have, and this applies to both men and women, where our hormones are a symphony and it's, it's the fine balance. And, you know, you, you need to look beyond testosterone to other hormones that are affecting men as well. Um, you brought up estrogen, which I think is important to point out. Um, so many men think that estrogen is the enemy and that you're, you're supposed to have low estrogen levels. And they, they ask about estrogen blockers and way that we can you know reduce estrogen. Estrogen is not the enemy. What's important to understand is that we need to have proper balance between testosterone and estrogen. Now, testosterone, when it gets metabolized, it gets broken down by the aromatase enzyme into estrogen. And so it's normal and healthy and and, um, expected for men to have some estrogen, but it's the ratio of the two that's so important. And we believe that the cardiovascular benefits from optimal testosterone levels are probably associated with the elevated estrogen levels that go along with it. 
And so I'm glad you brought up estrogen. Critically important. You know, we look at thyroid hormone, we look at vitamin D, we look at melatonin, um, you know, DHEA, uh, nitric oxide is technically a hormone. All these other hormones all come into play and are, are important that we, you know, look at them uh, individually as well as, as a, a symphony together. Well, I guess that's why you've married your MDism with functional medicine, because it's a whole overall picture. Um, and you need to do all the other pieces of the puzzle. You talked about gut health. If we have time, we'll get into that because that is a passion of mine, too. But do testosterone levels. Okay, um, how do I put it in, a, in the way my head is thinking this? When we have, say, a bone density number that is pegged to a 30, 35 year old, and that's yeah. the that's the scale, and that's what mm-hmm. we judge by, right, wrong, or otherwise, that's what we're judged by. When it comes to testosterone, do we anticipate levels to gradually drop? Do we want them to maintain mm-hmm. their levels? How does mm-hmm. this fluctuate as we age? Yeah, great question. So we know from several studies that as men age, testosterone levels will slowly diminish around 1% or so a year. So we know that that's a normal, uh, it's a a common physiologic process. Now, is it ideal? No. Is it optimal? No. Do we want that? No. We want to maintain it as high as we can, obviously. Um, But I'll I'll point out that the, the lab testing we do around testosterone is really flawed in the methodology used to classify what is considered quote normal um, or abnormal. So when a guy gets a testosterone level done, it's a blood test, obviously, and and you'll get a, a lab that looks at total testosterone and free testosterone, and it'll give you a reference range. I think it's super important that everyone recognizes that that reference range is not the optimal range. The reference range is actually nothing more than the average. So what the lab does when they calculate that reference range, and it's slightly different, you'll notice if you look at LabCorp versus Quest versus Avexia versus any other ones, it'll be slightly different because what they've done is they've taken the average of the millions of lab tests that they've done and think of the median of all those results. It's a bell curve like everything else statistically. And they look at two standard deviations on either side of that bell curve. And that range is your quote reference range. It's the average. Well, (laughs) we started this conversation with the fact that very clearly understood that testosterone levels have plummeted by about almost 50% over the last 20 years. So now it it gives a whole different context to that reference range. It's nothing more than the average, which is half of what it used to be 20 years ago. So it's important to, to, to look at that reference range, not as what's ideal or optimal, um, but nothing more than average. It goes back to the adage, just because it's common doesn't mean it's right. That's right. Exactly. So we went over a few things with regards to the functions of testosterone. If a man was to come to you, what symptoms are you looking at as an indication that this may be where the problem is at, not a correct testosterone level? Yeah, I, I'll see men complaining of low energy, um, especially late in the day. They may be tired where they want to take a nap mid-afternoon. That, that's that's never um, optimal. That's, that's not okay. There's typically something wrong when I hear that. Um, it, some guys will say, I'm just not myself. Like I've lost my, my identity. I've lost my, I, I don't like the word vitality because it's a very poorly described word. Um, but they feel like something's just not quite right. Very vague symptomatology. A lot of men will have issues with weight gain, um, especially visceral fat, especially around the belly. 
they may have trouble burning it. They've, they've tried various, you know, weight loss programs and, and fad diets and, and workout plans and nothing seems to work. Um, a lot of men with low testosterone will have issues with sleep. So one of the common complaints I'll hear is, is that men uh, cannot stay asleep with low testosterone. So they'll fall asleep, they'll wake up at two in the morning, and then they can't get back to sleep again. Um, that's a very common complaint. Um, and then low libido, you know, I'll hear this so often where um, couples will come in together and, and um, the wife will say, he used to chase me and now I'm chasing him. Something's not right here <laughs> to the point that I've had a couple women actually suspect that their husbands uh, were cheating on them, that there was infidelity when, when in fact it was nothing more than, than, you know, issues with hormones where testosterone was so low that the, the man just had no interest uh, sexual function as well. So a lot of guys will, will not be interested. And then when it is time to perform, they can't. Uh, and then that creates a, an ugly, vicious, cycle where they can't perform the next time and, and it, it builds upon itself psychologically to where it becomes tough to overcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what about the opposite spectrum? Just before we go to break, um, do you find many situations where there is too much testosterone? Um, very rarely. Um, I, I will see some men occasionally who have uh, try to do it themselves, you know, the, these biohackers out there who will, who will buy it online and they'll, and they'll try to dose themselves and they come in and they, their, their levels are, are super therapeutic. And, um, and so occasionally I'll see that. And, you know, it's important to understand that there's nuance to this and it does require, you know, professional involvement and interaction there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you point that out because messing with hormones, if you don't know what you're doing can cause, Effects downstream that you may not have been aware of. Sure. Um, uh, what What is the reason, do you think, that the levels of testosterone on average are dropping year to year? So I love this question. Um, one word, toxins. Um, longer answer. Um, there's this concept called endocrine disruption. And endocrine disruption is um, any toxin, chemical, toxicant, that will interfere with uh, normal endocrine hormone function. And that could affect hormone production. It could affect um, receptor function. Um, it, could recept- it could affect breakdown of the hormone. Um, by any mechanism, it, it alters hormone function. We know that chemicals in our environment are crushing our health. Um, specifically, we're looking at things like phthalates and BPA. Uh, these are chemicals used to make plastics especially plastic water bottles, plastic food containers, baby bottles. Um, so many personal care products are, are contained in plastic containers. Um, metal cans are lined with plastic. Uh, there's plastic everywhere. IV tubing is made from these chemicals. Um, we know that our crops, uh, especially non-organic crops, are sprayed with pesticides uh, such as atrazine, glyphosate, these have a clear effect on testosterone, clear effect on thyroid hormone um, and other hormones as well. Um, we can look at personal care products, uh, laundry detergent, especially uh, soap, um, deodorant, shampoo, uh, sunscreen. All these products contain chemicals that have clearly been shown to alter testosterone production and androgen receptor function. Um, and, and, and they're crushing men's health and it gets no attention. The other big one I'll point out as well is women's birth control. So synthetic estrogens 
when uh, women take synthetic estrogens for birth control, it gets excreted in their urine, it gets into the water system, and it does not get filtered. It's a molecule that cannot get uh, very poorly uh, difficult to get filtered um, by our municipal treatment centers. And so what happens is we're literally drinking synthetic estrogen in our water, in our, in our water supplies. Studies have shown that there's massive levels of synthetic estrogen and atrazine and other chemicals in our water. And so, it, you know, what do we do about this? It's awareness, it's understanding, it's uh, eliminating exposures through um, interventions such as filtering our water such as never using plastic water bottles, using stainless steel or glass containers. Uh, be aware of the containers that our food are, is stored in. Um, only eat organic fruits and vegetables. Only eat grass-fed uh, meat if you eat meat. Um, uh, uh, Wild-caught fish instead of farm-raised. Um, you know, looking at personal care products, there are a number of apps out there on your phone you can get for free that you can use to scan barcodes of products when you're in the store to identify what are the, the hidden ingredients that may be affecting you. So it really starts with awareness and avoiding exposures. And then I work on, on the medical side of things. I work to help improve or turn on or, or what we call upregulate detoxification to help our body clear those toxins as well. Yeah, so interesting. The protocol you just outlined for environmental toxins and eliminating it. People who have been clients of mine and people who've listened to the show for a while it's the same thing applied to different spaces of health. So right. that's, that's really right. where the integration comes in, right? Yeah. Um, and I think it's so important that you're bringing this awareness to men's health because, you know, there is this overriding machoism, I think, that goes into men not addressing health issues. Uh, when I was talking to uh, another person who deals, who works with men, oftentimes it's the spouse the that's bringing attention to their partner that maybe they should be seeking health. I think it's so important. We'll talk about your book second half, but bringing awareness that men need to step up for their own health as well. It's, it's very, very important. And it's, it's all part of living a long, healthy life. And I think what you're doing is sort of changing the face of, of men's health. I think it's very important. You are listening to The Health Hub. Here on Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, email thh at radiomaria.ca. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking with Dr. Tracy Gappin. I want to get in, uh, Dr. Gappin, to the topic of uh, fertility. Again, this is a space that women have taken as um, the onus is on them when it comes to fertility issues. We both know that fertility issues have skyrocketed over the last few years. What is the relationship between testosterone levels, obviously fertility, um, and how do you treat that? Yeah. So when you think about fertility, we're, we're ultimately thinking about the ability of the Leydig cell and the Sertoli cell in the test in the testicle to function. So in the, in the male gonad, the testes, the Leydig cell produces testosterone and the Sertoli cell produces sperm. And so when we think about the testosterone pandemic that I spoke about earlier, what's actually really happening is we're having damage to the testicle itself. 
we're having um, a morphologic breakdown, we're having a deterioration of function. And that affects not just the lady cell, but the Sertoli cell as well. And, and this goes along with studies that we've seen, a great study at Israel that showed that the decline in fertility that we've seen over the last 20 years parallels that decline in testosterone exactly. We see about a 50% decline in fertility that correlates exactly. And that goes along with the fact that, you know, we're seeing um, damage to the testicle and, and why, uh, you know, again, this comes back to uh, epigenetic effects of our environment, specifically toxins in our environment. Um, the low testosterone and the, um, you know, poor fertility are, are both epigenetic side effects of the damage to our body, of, of the insulin resistance, of the oxidative stress, of the toxins, of the chronic inflammation, all of these, these things, you know, stress that are crushing a man's health are ultimately affecting testicular function as well. And this translates into the mental space of men's health as well. I mean, if there's a fertility issue, if there's a libido, erectile dysfunctional issue, this is not just a physiological thing. This also you know, borders on the mental space. And I think you brought up before, it's like a vicious cycle. Absolutely. Are there any yeah. treatments, uh, ways that you can uh, go about working with a man on these issues? Sure. Yeah. So there are uh, what I'll call quote natural approaches and there are non-natural. So the, the natural approaches is, uh, is really thinking about it from an epigenetic perspective, which is uh, you know, I realize I haven't defined that for the listener. And I know they've probably listened to other episodes of yours, but epigenetic simply means how our, our behaviors, our lifestyle, our environment is affecting genetic expression. And so specifically, you know, you brought um, stress a moment ago is it's eliminating um, the way stress is affecting our physiology. And that comes down to, um, you know, mindset that comes down to practices such as breathing. Like I actually spend time with my clients on how do you breathe properly? And mm -hmm. I, it sounds ridiculous, but breathing through your nose is so incredibly important. It, it actually isn't ridiculous. And that's becoming a mainstay yeah. now. Of you're, you're exactly right. Yeah, it sounds crazy at first. But once you go through the actual science behind it, it's mm -hmm. clear cut. You need to be breathing through your nose, not your mouth. Day and night, all day long, uh, you should never be breathing through your mouth. Um, you know, mindfulness, meditation, uh, there, there's science around the incredible power that our thoughts can have on our physiology and our, our body comprehends what our mind is thinking and believing. And so, um, you know, changing that, um, focusing on uh, cleaning up the, the foods that we're putting in our body, the fuel that we're using to, 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 um, you know, provide energy to our body, um, looking at how we're moving, you know, so often men are not moving enough. Um, looking at the toxins like we talked about earlier, looking at all of these influences on our, our physiology can actually dramatically affect fertility. And so um, we, we work with men, with young men who are looking to improve fertility through these natural approaches first, and we can use genetics to really tailor that as well. So we haven't touched on this much, but um, we can use genetics to understand exactly what kind of food should you be eating, exactly what kind of exercise should you be doing, exactly what supplements do you need for micronutrient support um, so that we can individualize that. So that's the natural approach. And then the non-natural approach is, you know, we can, um, through um, pharmaceutical maneuvers, uh, stimulate increased, uh, um, you know, testicular uh, function, testicular stimulation. So there are ways that we can um, um, increase testosterone level, increase sperm production. I'll give you a great example. Um, 
this young man, I think he was in his late thirties when he first came to see me with his wife. Uh, they've been trying for two years, could not get pregnant. And we went through all the natural approaches first and um, they, they helped somewhat, but not enough to, um, to the point that they were able to conceive. And so for him, we used HCG and Clomid, two medications, pharma, yes, pharmaceuticals. Again, this is the non-natural approach, but for some men, they need it. And what that did is that increased testosterone production and increased sperm production to the point that he noticed an amazing difference in energy and, and quote, vitality, quote, and libido. And they were actually able to conceive. And now they have a, a four-year-old little boy. Isn't that a great outcome? Like, it, yeah, it, it's awesome. just, you know, you've made your imprint on humanity when you can help someone like that. You're, you're um, a promoter. You're involved with um, Gains Wave. What is that when we're talking about men's health? Sure. So Gains Wave is a low intensity shockwave therapy that's used to improve sexual performance. So let me explain what I mean by that for the listener. So when we, when I see men in, in my practice who come in with issues with sexual performance or erectile dysfunction, we have to understand that there are a couple common causes of that. Uh, one is poor blood flow. One is hormones. One may be nervous function. And then one may be psychological. Now, most men, probably 80% fall into that first category of uh, poor blood flow, arterial insufficiency. And so we can look at the uh, short, uh, short-term Band-Aid quick fixes which include things like, you know, the blue pill or the yellow pill, uh, injection therapy, vacuum uh, erection device. Uh, those are all ways of, of stimulating function, you know, today, right here, right now, make it work, doc. <laughs> those are ways we can, we can uh, you know, give short-term relief. But to fix the underlying problem, to improve blood flow back to where it was, we're looking at regenerative options. And this is where I, I talk about a systems approach to health. And so, again, I'll emphasize that addressing stress, addressing nutrition, addressing other hormones, um, addressing you know mindset and detox and all these other aspects of health are so important and can directly affect sexual function. And, and in many cases, improve it to the point where guys don't need anything else done. Um, but for the guys who do need more done, um, I, I like Gainswave because it's a way to stimulate regenerative repair and recovery of uh, blood flow to the penis so that guys can have normal function without the need for all the other stuff. And so, um, so Gainswave is an, op uh, an option for guys who are looking to improve sexual performance. It's done in the office. Uh, typically we'll do uh, a package of six treatments, which are done uh, twice a week for three weeks and it takes about 15, 20 minutes for each treatment. And it's, it's relatively painless and it, it involves a probe, an ultrasound probe, if you will, um, that's uh, uh, placed uh, adjacent to the penis and it delivers uh, shock waves, low intensity shock waves that stimulate stem cells to produce um, uh, cytokines, growth factors to stimulate uh, new blood vessel formation. How much convincing does that take to get someone into that treatment? <laughs> Well, it's, it's a great option uh, for men who, who don't want to keep using Viagra or Cialis, or maybe those medications don't work anymore. Um, and, and what's nice about this is that it is a, a regenerative treatment where it's actually going to fix the underlying problem. Um, again, it's fairly painless. Um, once we kind of go through what's involved, it, it's, um, it's fairly appealing to most men. Um, it will often have um, um, real effect for many men. It'll, it'll completely resolve their performance issues. And so it's a great treatment as long as we choose patients carefully for it. 
Are you the only provider of this? You and a small group of uh, professionals? There's a growing number of, of Gainswave providers around the country. Um, there is a, a, a training program involved in it, and it does require expertise. And I'll point out that there are a number of centers that are popping up here and there that offer it. Um, I think it's important that we choose uh, patients carefully for it because it's not going to work for everyone. You know, again, this is used to improve blood flow. And if a man uh, is having other issues causing his ED or sexual performance issues, not blood flow, then the treatment is obviously not the right one. Okay. So that's where it comes into the individualization. And that's right. You are also a proponent of peptide therapy. What is that? Uh, peptides are amazing. <laughs> peptides are simply short proteins. They're simply chains of amino acids. And um, you can consider them signaling molecules. Uh, they're basically molecules that, that our body is familiar with already. And over time, uh, levels get depleted. Um, insulin is a, a peptide, growth hormones a peptide. Um, peptides are attractive because they're not pharmaceuticals. They're not drugs. They are, are um, simply short chains of amino acids that have very precise function and can and really provide very specific um, benefits. So, for example, there are peptides that are great for musculoskeletal repair. So when, um, um, when someone has a, a joint injury or arthritis or, um, you, know, you know, I had elbow surgery earlier this year, it was great to help improve um, speed recovery. Uh, there are peptides for gut health, for improving gut inflammation and systemic inflammation, um, peptides to, to help improve sleep improve energy, improve cognitive function, um, anxiety, uh, peptides for immune function. So you get the point here that there are peptides that have been um, uh, sequenced that have very specific outcomes with relatively few side effects, specifically because they're molecules that our body already recognizes. Um, what's important to recognize about peptides is that you need to get them from a provider, from a practitioner who understands what they're doing. Um, there are direct-to-consumer companies out there where you can buy them. The real problem there is you just don't know what you're getting. And, and there have been actually studies that look at these and they'll find there's actually no peptide in, in the product at all. And so it's important that you work with a practitioner who is skilled at peptide therapy. This is new to me, peptide therapy. Um, and the fact that it is applicable to so many health issues um, is telling me that I need to learn more about this. Are you using peptide therapies specifically in men's health issues or are you um, using it for overall health? Yeah, it can, it, it can apply to men and women. It can apply to overall health. Um, we have in our practice women who are dealing with gut issues who are on peptides, um, um, women uh, age just like men. And so growth hormone levels decline. And so there are peptides to help boost our body's natural production of growth hormone without, um, without taking exogenous growth hormone. That applies to men and women. Uh, it's amazing for sleep, for weight loss, uh, for energy, for sexual function. Um, so yes, short answer is uh, they're great for men and women. So you obviously need a practitioner who knows how to script the right peptide therapy That's right. treatment. Exactly right. That's right. Are there many therapists that are working with peptides? You know, there are um, a number of certification programs out there now. Um, A4M, which is the American Academy of Anti-Aging, um, has a great training program. Um, I train through um, International Peptide Society. Um, Dr. Seeds has, uh, it's called SSRP, is another practitioner training program. 
So there are more and more docs out there who are familiar with prescribing, um, but it, it takes education and knowledge and you got to know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're here to stay. You know, they are really uh, the future of health to, to, to provide a real precision approach to, um, you know, health optimization. And, and again, for almost any problem you can imagine, there is a peptide that can help. Is this based on genetics or is it based on symptoms? Great question. So um, it's based on a little bit of both. You know, I'll say that the individualization comes in that, um, you know, genetics can help us understand exactly what your issues are. Um, So, for for example, um, some of the genetics we look at help us understand um, risk for insulin resistance, for example. Um, Well, there are peptides to help with insulin resistance. Um, there are genetics related to issues with inflammation with IL-6 production, for example, and there are peptides that can help reduce inflammation, but then also we can use them for, for symptoms. Um, so one of the fun ones uh, that we use a lot is PT-141. PT-141 is a peptide that helps with arousal for men and women, probably, especially in women, it's great for arousal, sexual arousal. And, um, and so that's simply used to treat that particular symptom. And so it's really a, an individualized approach when it comes to peptides. Very interesting. How is it administered? So some peptides are oral. Some are injectable, you know, subcutaneous injections. Um, you can inject peptides uh, subcutaneous near a joint as well, uh, or even in, into a joint if, you're, if your practitioner knows what they're doing. Um, but, but at home, you would either take it orally, you do a subcutaneous injection either in the belly or near the site of you know, intended action. Um, some are nasal spray and some are topical. So it depends on the peptide. And sorry, just to go back, I'm not sure if I misunderstood. Is peptide therapy a form of stem cell regeneration therapy? Uh, no. no, not at all. No, 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 no. So, so peptides are, are simply uh, short chains of amino acids. Okay. Yeah. Uh, very interesting. Something I'm obviously going to take a, a deeper dive into. Um, sure. You wrote a book, Mail 2.0, Cracking the Code to Limitless Health and Vitality. What prompted this? So this goes back to my, my time in urology. I found that we are failing men. We are failing men because there's this complacency. There's this inaction, this passive approach to health that is really um, supported by our medical system in that we just treat symptoms. We treat disease. We treat diagnosis codes. There, and I call that male 1.0. It, it, it's passive. It's waiting until there's a problem. If it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of concept. Um, and then when there's a problem, then you go see a doctor and then you treat with it with a drug and, and it goes away until the next time a problem comes up. There is a, a, a general uh, one size fits all approach. You know, hey, every guy um, just do keto or just do this magic workout program. It, it, there's no personalization there. And so one point, male 1.0 has got us where we are today with you know, rapidly declining testosterone levels, worsening cardiovascular health, you know, massively um, dramatically increasing incidence of, of, um, of obesity and uh, issues with uh, uh, insulin resistance, blood sugar regulation. And so male 2.0 is, is my concept of taking a very proactive, personalized, and purposeful approach to men's health, where we're no longer settling for okay or for neutral or free of disease. We're focused on optimization and and how do we personalize it? How do we individualize it for each man? 
And how do we, you know, take an entirely different approach to save men, to save, you know, we're going to, if we don't do something in 20 years from now, we're going to be completely infertile. Mm-hmm. And you so know, it, it's, it's a fight, frightening trend in all of health that yeah. we need to step up and take control of our own health. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, books like yours, information like yours, podcasts like this, it brings awareness. If, if the one thing that I'd like to do, and it sounds like you're uh, sort of along the same path as me, is arm people with questions, arm people with knowledge so that they can be looking for clues and ideas and questioning right. doctors. And I think it's very important. When did your book come out? Uh, gosh, that was a couple of years ago now. And we can find it on Amazon. All yeah, the, you, yeah, you can find it on Amazon. You can find it um, at um, my website. I'm going to actually um, um, give the listeners a gift. And um, if you want to um, text an opt-in, I'll give you a free copy of the digital version of it. And um, all you got to do is text the word HEALTH to 26786, and they'll get a complimentary copy. 26786. So I'll put yeah. that in the, the show yeah, notes. Yeah, text the word HEALTH to 26786. Wonderful. It's been a great pleasure talking with you, Dr. Gap, and thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you bet. I appreciate it. Thank you. Anytime. And everybody, we'll talk to you next week on The Health Hub. been listening to The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.